Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's Saturday the 7th of October, I'm Kira Revens, and this was a week that saw Rishi go off the rails over HS2, Tory conference culture wars, Donald Trump in New York court, and late night TV return. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet, and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the Smart Seven. It's news, but not the news. This week saw the nation waiting to see what Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was planning to do about the HS2 high-speed rail project and whether or not the Manchester branch of the line would be scrapped. Monday saw reports that he would scrap it and that there would be a cabinet meeting on Tuesday morning to finalise that decision. But Downing Street then denied that story. Conservative MP David Davis said, while the project is expensive, better infrastructure and better public transport for the north of England is critical. It's getting it right that matters. It's going through all of the cost details, all the planning details and the alternatives and then making the right decision. And that, frankly, is what the public expect. And they actually expect a decision which treats them like intelligent people, which is what they are. Tory Mayor of the West Midlands, Andy Street, had threatened to resign if the line is scrapped, even though there have been promises of other transport schemes with the savings. By Tuesday, Rishi was still refusing to actually admit to any decision, even under pressure from ITV's Robert Peston. Most people know that I'm across the detail of things. I do things properly and carefully, responsibly and sensibly. That's how I approach things. But I'm also willing to do things that are bold, that are different, as you saw on net zero. He insisted he was being cautious and practical and is trying to fix broken politics and do things in a new way. But former Chancellor George Osborne was hoping that the cabinet could still convince Rishi to go ahead with the HS2 project and cautioned that big projects cost big money. I think it'd be a great tragedy to cancel HS2. It's the biggest levelling up project the country has got. And in the end, if you want to make long-term decisions, that includes huge investments in infrastructure like HS2. Wednesday saw Rishi address the Tory conference on the main stage and for fans of high-speed rail, it wasn't good news. I am ending this long-running saga. I am cancelling the rest of the HS2 project and in its place we will reinvest every single penny in hundreds of new transport projects in the North and the Midlands across the country. Perhaps because it took so long to actually make a decision, the promise of investment in infrastructure for the North didn't calm things down either. In fact, the voices of protest only seemed to get louder, with former Prime Minister David Cameron joining Boris Johnson and Theresa May in condemning the cancellation. Cameron said that it's a sign that the country is heading in the wrong direction, presumably south. The rail industry also weighed in, describing Rishi's decision as the biggest and most damaging U-turn in the history of UK infrastructure. Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, was infuriated not just by the cancellation, but also by the week of will-he-won't-he dramatics that preceded it. I don't see how you can take a plan that goes beyond the life of any individual government, given it goes all the way through the country, how you can kind of take that plan and basically tear it up at a party conference. 
On Thursday, a video of Prime Minister Rishi Sunak explaining his rationale for cancelling the HS2 line was published, but it appeared to have been filmed in Downing Street before the conference, which would suggest all of the back and forth with the media before this announcement was just theatre. Rishi popped up on BBC Radio 4 to answer questions from Nick Robinson about his decision to portray himself as a face of change after 13 years of Tory rule. This is about leadership. I've been Prime Minister for less than a year. The choice of the next election is between me and Keir Starmer. I'm the person that's doing politics differently. I'm the person making the big decisions that are going to change our country for the future. Apart from the HS2 drama this week, saw Rishi's troubled Tories take their infighting on the road as they all headed to Manchester for their annual party conference. That meant Pretty Patel taking swipes at Suella Braverman and James Cleverly ducking out on a Liz Truss event, while emphasising she remains a fantastic friend. And with the autumn budget statement looming, backbench Tory MPs are getting increasingly anxious that there could be more tax rises on the way. Pretty Patel is one of those backbenchers and she said she won't vote for tax increases. Tax is important and quite frankly it's one of those issues that also differentiates us between the Labour Party. We're pro-enterprise, pro-economic growth. I will absolutely be saying that we must stand up for conservative values and beliefs. Apart from the spectacle of Rishi flip-flopping on HS2 all week, the Tory conference had some disturbing rhetoric from the stage. With Nigel Farage in attendance and conversations about whether he would or wouldn't rejoin the Tory party, the whole affair had a definite UKIP feel about it. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, warned of a hurricane of mass migration on the way to the UK, attacked the Human Rights Act and mocked the luxury beliefs of liberal-leaning people. People. She also indulged in some transphobia, as did Health Secretary Steve Barclay, who made a point of criticising gender-neutral language from the NHS and announced a ban on trans patients from male and female-only hospital wards. He also had a good old go at the British Medical Association as the doctors and consultants' strikes continued. The militant BMA leadership, whose strikes have resulted in countless cancelled appointments and pose a serious threat to the NHS's recovery from the pandemic. Their consultants and junior doctors committee are relentlessly demanding massive pay rises, even if that means diverting resources from patients. And of course, there wouldn't be a Tory conference without attacks on Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer. Michael Gove won the weirdest attack award with this little number. Sir Keir Starmer is the jellyfish of British politics. He's transparent, spineless and swept along by the tide. Under Sir Keir... Labour is the party of equivocation, procrastination, prevarication, but it is never prepared to stand up for our nation. Wednesday saw Rishi's first conference speech as Tory leader and an attempt to present himself as the fifth Tory Prime Minister in a 13-year period as a candidate for change. After an excruciating introduction by Miss Sunak where she dropped in jokes about Rishi watching Emily in Paris, Mr Sunak was all business but didn't commit to cutting taxes, instead pledging to continue to fight inflation. He did bring two new proposals to the table. The first, a copy of New Zealand rolling smoking ban based on age. I propose we raise the smoking age by one year every year. That means a 14-year-old today will never legally be sold a cigarette and that they and their generation can grow up smoke-free. The second set of proposals involved education. He's doubled a recruitment bonus for new maths and science teachers, which means they'll be offered £30,000 extra over the first five years of their careers. He also announced a plan to restructure the A-levels and the newly introduced T-levels intended to ensure that all students would now sit for the advanced British standard. We will introduce the new rigorous, knowledge-rich, advanced British standard. 
which will bring together A-levels and T-levels into a new single qualification for our school leavers. He was also criticised along with Suella Braverman and Health Secretary Steve Barclay for the use of transphobic language from the conference stage. Rishi said we shouldn't get bullied into believing that people can be any sex that they want to be. They can't. A man is a man and a woman is a woman. Those remarks come as there has been a record increase in transphobic hate crime in England and Wales. An independent mayor of North Tyne, Jamie Driscoll, says he doesn't understand why the Prime Minister is trying to start a culture war. We've made huge strides in dealing with homophobia. Let's not go backwards. Let people live their lives the way they want to live their lives. They're not bothering anybody else um, and just have respect for people. This week saw the United States come within hours of a shutdown of the federal government. Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy was unable to assemble enough votes from his own party to get the federal budget approved before the US ran out of money. The hard-right MAGA section in Congress refused to cooperate with Florida Congressman and Trump buddy Matt Gates is still threatening to challenge McCarthy's leadership. In the end, the Speaker had to turn to the Democrats to get enough votes to approve a 45-day stoppage bill, which will keep the country ticking over. Democrat Congresswoman AOC said the whole thing has been a mess. We saw them go through every single iteration, walk into every single wall, run around the house like a Roomba, they finally realized that we should not shut down the government in order to deny trans service members the ability to get health care, in order to deny female service members the ability to get an abortion. And they filed an extension for 45 days until we're back in here. This week also saw Donald Trump arriving into a New York court for his latest legal battle. This is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. It's a scam. It's a sham. He actually stands accused of a scam and sham in which the court has already ruled that he and his two sons are guilty of fraud over their habit of inflating the value of their assets. It's a civil case, so all that's left to be decided is the extent of damages that Trump will have to pay. He could also see his New York companies folded and property seized. The trial is taking place before New York Supreme Court Judge Arthur Engoron, but there isn't a jury as one of Trump's lawyers appears to have forgotten to tick the jury trial box on one of the legal forms. The woman who brought the case is New York Attorney General Letitia James. My message is simple. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. And it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. Things weren't going well for Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy either. He lost his position as Speaker on Tuesday night. That's the first time in history it's happened and he lost because eight right-wing Republicans voted against him. It's not clear what happens next, but McCarthy was outraged by the events. If you throw a Speaker out that has 99% of their conference, that kept government open and paid the troops, I think we're in a really bad place for how we're going to run Congress. The sacking of McCarthy led to questions about who the next Speaker of the House will be and speculation turned to Donald Trump, who could theoretically be parachuted in as a Speaker. He took questions on the idea outside his New York trial. Well, leading my life, 50 points for president. Well, my focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. But we have some great people in the Republican Party that can do a great job as Speaker.
There was bad news for Ukraine at the weekend with a row over spending in the US, leaving no military aid for Kyiv in the short-term budget. The US pledged to increase its support and US President Biden says there's no way the USA will walk away from Ukraine on his watch. This week saw European Union foreign ministers along with the EU's foreign policy chief Joseph Borrell gathering Kyiv on Monday in a show of support for Ukraine. Borrell pledged that every one of the 27 nations in the EU would stand by Ukraine and they proposed a 5 billion euro military aid package for Ukraine along with a commitment to train 40,000 soldiers and fighter pilots. The ministers also met with Ukrainian President Zelensky who is keen to progress Ukraine's application for full EU membership. Foreign Minister Dmitry Kulba was keen to point out the historic nature of the gathering. This is a historic event because for the first time ever Foreign Affairs Council is going to sit down outside of its current borders but within future borders of the European Union. And this is a message in itself. There were warnings on Wednesday that NATO countries are running out of ammunition to send to Ukraine. NATO's most senior military official, Admiral Rob Bauer, called for Western countries to ramp up production and to commit to the 2% of GDP for defence spending that NATO membership requires. There was no good news from the Ukrainian side either, as MP Lesio Vasilenko, who made an appearance at the Tory conference in Manchester, explained to Kay Burley. With the cold Ukrainian winter rolling in, time is running out for significant breakthrough. And you only have like another month to go? Before. Another month or so before the cold and the winter settles in, before we can, uh, before we will have to actually pause until the springtime. And this is the sad news for us, and I think not just for us, but all the countries that are supporting Ukraine right now. On Thursday, a Russian missile struck a cafe and village shop in northeastern Ukraine, leaving at least 51 dead and many more injured. The attack was the deadliest in the Kharkiv region since Russia's war in Ukraine began. President Putin has also been boasting about a new strategic missile that is both nuclear-powered and nuclear-capable, with a potential range of thousands of miles. Meanwhile, on Thursday, Ukrainian President Zelensky was speaking at the European political community event in Spain. He met with leaders including Rishi Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Olaf Scholz and he was positive about the progress that Ukraine has been making. Right now and right in Ukraine we have the opportunity to cause a fundamental defeat to Russia's aggression. Together with you and our partners we have already done things that seemed impossible to many. So to come on the standout 7 September sets new records and Bex opens up. Right after this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. Global temperatures hit a new record high in September after a record-breaking summer. Seki Housefather of the Berkeley Earth Climate Monitoring Project described the September readings as gobsmackingly bananas, which doesn't sound great. It's timely then that the climate protesters just stop oil hit the headlines again by interrupting West End musical Le Miserable on Wednesday. Founder member Zoe Cohen says people need to wake up. Young people are desperate. Their parents are desperate. Their grandparents are desperate. Why wouldn't young people do anything peaceful 
to try to save humanity's future. I mean, it's insane to think that a theatre performance is more important than food on the table. It might well feel like there's absolutely nothing you don't know about David Beckham. He and his wife Victoria have been fixtures in the tabloids since they first got together in 1997. But while we might think we know all the drama, we haven't heard it from Posh and Bex themselves until now. A new four-part Netflix documentary sees the squeaky-voiced one tell us all about his relationship, his alleged affair and more. It's called Beckham and it's streaming now. There was a lot of things to talk about. There's a lot of things that ha- that's happened in my life and my career. People know a lot of the stories, but they've probably never heard some of them from me. And for me, going over certain things like 98, you know, I'd never really sat down and talked about really in, in such detail. US late night talk shows all came charging back this week, competing to see who could do more Donald Trump jokes and have the biggest guest star names. The best joke of the night was probably Stephen Colbert, who said, I checked the calendar and we were all fair for 154 indictments. Jimmy Fallon managed to avoid mentioning his apology over toxic workplace accusations. And Jimmy Kimmel won biggest guest with an appearance from former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, who had an amusing story about the time he took road repairs into his own not inconsiderable hands. The city would not respond at all. And we got the asphalt and we started fixing it. The bottom line is, it doesn't help when you sit out there and complain. The question you always have to ask yourself is, what do you do about it? And it's done. And it's and done. now I tell you, it's the best fixed pothole there is. <laughs> That's what I said, That I can guarantee you. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.